0: Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Penn. Playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into $200. That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention, bet $5, and if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40-to-1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team and that team to win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more. All week long, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9WITH IT. Welcome right to New York. <laughs> Devils fans it is once again your host the lovely Neil Villapiano and welcome back to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news topics content and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Today, folks, we are going to be continuing with our look at free agent, you know, potential free agent targets. Today, we're going to be talking about the left wing position, which I got to say has the most intriguing players. And there's, I actually have more than three that I want to share with you guys. And There's a specific reason for each why I chose them and I'll explain. We're also going to be giving you an update on the Devils players that are playing over in Riga, Latvia in the 2021 IIHF World Championships. So, like always, we have a bunch to talk about. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. Before I start with, you know, talk about our topics today... I'm recording this at around just after 9 o'clock on Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. So you guys will hear this uh, tomorrow, May 27th. Um, And I just finished watching the New York Islanders-Pittsburgh Penguins game six of the first round. And the New York Islanders just defeated the Penguins by the score of 5-3 to to win the series four games to two. So congratulations to former Devils Kyle Palmieri, Travis Ajak, Andy Green, and Corey Schneider on advancing to the second round of the Stanley cup playoffs. So with also that being said, uh, we still do not know where that first round pick the Devils acquired from the Islanders in that trade for Palmieri and Zajac uh, is going to be. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us Devils fans were kind of hoping, you know, not to be cruel to the Islanders in any way, but we were kind of hoping that maybe they would get knocked out and maybe we get a higher first round pick, but look, you know, we have no control over that. And the Islanders, look, they're a great team. Uh, I did not pick them to win uh, their first round series uh, because, quite frankly, I thought they finished the year really sluggish offensively. They weren't scoring. But they are a very built, very well-built playoff team, and they really proved it in this series. You know, they were able to get a couple overtime wins. Paul Palmieri scoring one of them. Uh, game five, you know, they have a situation where they end up scoring and they end up, you know, winning an overtime on a bad pass Tristan Jari and they end up beating the Penguins at home at the Nassau Coliseum or Fort Never Lose as they like to call it over there on the island and also just a special congratulations to my good friend Kim Moisa Isles Girl 3 on Twitter. Uh, I know that she's at the game uh, with her father and I know how special that is for both of them so that's an exciting very exciting situation so they're moving on to take on the Boston Bruins in the East Division Final and the winner of that will be in the, I guess you would call it conference finals or, you know, the final four, so to speak of the playoffs. So that actually just happened minutes ago. So I just wanted to quickly come on here and say that, and look, I don't spend a whole lot of time on social media or even here on the podcast talking about players that used to be on the devils, especially when it's kind of, you know, you're in the attitude of, well, they are, you know, whatever they're doing is not necessarily helping the devils. So, you know, but I get it at the same time because a lot of us have, you know, different um, I guess you would say different feelings about these players and then, and they all mean something. I mean, Kyle Palmieri was a tremendous player when he was in New Jersey, Travis Ajak the first time in his entire career, he's playing for a team other than the devils. And then obviously, you know, you guys know my relationship and and my, my, uh, my sheer appreciation for a guy like Corey Schneider and also Andy Green. Um, But it's great to see them moving on. And, It'll be tough against a very good Boston Bruins team, but if anybody can slow down that offense, it's, it's the defensive structure of Barry Trotz and the New York Islanders team. And I will say this, please, please, please continue to play Ilya Sorokin. I know he's a rookie, but as you've just proven in the series, every time you start him, you find a way to win a game. So that's what I would suggest to them. But again, congratulations to those former Devils and the New York Islanders on advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2021. Now, let us shift to what you're all here for, and that is to talk about the Devils. Now, again, obviously, the Devils are in the playoffs, so we're constantly trying to find different things to talk about and discuss You know, during this offseason, which, look, we're, we're in May, and we know that training camp won't start till late September, but trust me, this offseason is going to fly by with the amount of different things that are going on with the expansion draft, the NHL draft, and then once free agency hits, and then maybe even possibly a development camp if uh, conditions with COVID-19 continue to improve, as we've kind of seen with how many fans have been going to these uh, these Stanley Cup playoff games. There's a lot that's going to be happening, and especially in the month of July. And, and trust me, you guys do not, you guys want to make sure that you have your notifications on for every episode we post, every single you know, thing I tweet and I put on Instagram, because trust me, it's going to be a very busy, busy offseason for the New Jersey Devils. But there actually are some Devils that are playing right now. They are playing in the World Championships, which, like I mentioned before, are located in Riga, Latvia. And we've had some pretty interesting upsets that really haven't had anything to do with anybody on the Devils. But just in general, from a hockey fan perspective, I mean, Kazakhstan has been absolutely crushing it in the, in the round robin. They just beat, I believe, Russia which was kind of like a crazy thing. Latvia, who had not won, I think, a world championship game, says won a couple and it's done really, really well. I mean, we've had some major upsets. And even a guy like Sharon govic with Team Belarus has been doing relatively well. So there's a lot of positives here, but we're going to mainly focus on the guys who are you know, involved with the Devils, Devils players that are playing there. So let's start with the United States, and there's two guys on the Devils that are playing for the United States. Matt Tennyson, really surprising, and also defensive prospect Matthew Hellickson. So uh, a lot of the information that I got was from the Devils website, but I'm going to read it to you guys in case you didn't see it. Devils defenseman Matt Tennyson picked up an assist for Team USA in its 3-0 victory against Kazakhstan this past Tuesday morning. Tennyson, who assisted on Jack Drury's third period goal, has two points, a goal, and an assist in three games for the red, white, and blue, as well as a plus, plus, minus, plus one rating. The Americans are now 2-0-0-1 in the tournament. Devil's prospect Matthew Hellickson has four shots, a plus, minus of plus one, and 16 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time. And also... They mentioned this as well as just some prospects that the Devils could very well potentially get. Potential 2021 number one overall pick, uh, Matty Benier, Beniers, excuse me, I apologize if I said that incorrectly, was a plus one in seven minutes of play. So obviously, being a younger player, he may not necessarily get a whole lot of action um, right away. Team USA will face host country Latvia on Thursday at 9.15 a.m. Eastern. You can watch that game and all the games for the world championships on the NHL network. Unfortunately for me, I do not have the NHL network. So a lot of the time I have to go on social media to try to keep up with what is going on. But obviously it's great to see someone like Matt Tennyson actually, you know, doing some productive things overseas. Kind of wish he was doing that or what had done that with the Devils. But, you know, that's just part of it. And it's good for Matthew Hellickson, a guy who just signed uh, his contract a couple months ago. Um, another young defensive prospect that we have our eyes on. And it's good to see him getting a chance to play overseas with some tough, you know, NHL competition and just European competition in general. So it's good to see that. And obviously many many it's, you know, again, look, if by some chance the devils end up winning the draft lottery, he's going to be somebody, he's going to be one of the handful of guys that are, we're going to be keeping our eyes on as, as to look at who the devils might take with, that pick but they say he's potential because we've talked about it before here there's at least three four maybe five different guys that could very well go number one overall there is no definitive you know once in a generation number one overall pick like we've seen a couple for a couple years now so it's is it is it an exciting thing no but look we're still going to get a top player because again we have the third highest odds and the furthest we can drop is five. So we're. it's not like we're going to be totally, you know, getting screwed here at any rate. I think most likely the expectation is that we're going to get fourth behind Seattle. And that's perfectly fine with me. We are tied with Seattle for the third highest odds. And actually, actually at the time of this recording, we are exactly one week away from the NHL draft lottery. So that'll be the first big thing the Devils are involved in that we will certainly talk about when we find out who, where exactly the Devils will be drafting this next season. Now, let's shift over to Switzerland. We have a couple of guys, obviously, Nico Kishir and Jonas Siegenthaler. And yeah, they had a really, really rough game uh, two days ago. Sweden scored the game's opening goal and never looked back in a 7-0 thrashing against Switzerland. Despite surrendering seven goals, Nico Kishir finished the game with a minus- with a minus one in 17 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time. Jonas Siegethaler did not play in this contest. Switzerland suffered its first loss in the World Championship and now sits at 2-0-1. It was Sweden's first win, improving their record to 1-0-2. And I also did hear that apparently Nico got hurt in that game, but it's nothing major. Um, They actually, I think he's actually going to be good to go. For the next game in Switzerland, will play undefeated Slovakia, which is also the team that Devil's Prospect Marion Studenich is playing for. Uh, they will be playing on Thursday at 9:15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The game will feature Nico Hischer and Yogis Siegenthaler against Marion Studenich. So for Devils fans, if you're looking for a game that has a lot of devils players in it, that's going to be the one you want to watch. So Let's see what happens in that game, because both of those teams really need to find a way to get a victory and continue to uh, make good strides to getting out of the round-robin um, portion of the World Championships. Now, let's shift over to probably the guy that most people have been talking about, not just during the season, but you know certainly in the World Championships, and that is Sharon Govich. The biggest thing that we got right away was that Yegor Sharon Govich was named captain of team Belarus. So this is an incredible, absolutely incredible, you know, honor for him to be given, you know, such, something like that to be named the captain. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That shows you just how much that, that team believes in him and how much they you know, look to him as a leader. Now he kind of got off to a shaky start, not from a playing standpoint, but in terms of showing that leadership and maturity, because in the first or second game, of their round robin against Marion Studenich and Team Slovakia after he missed a penalty shot as he skated past the Slovakian uh, bench. I don't know if something was said to him or not. He actually flipped them off. He gave them the bird. Um, And later on, I think the next day, he made an Instagram post apologizing for it. And then Studenich shared it on his story saying, it's all good, man. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And that was it. It was kind of a funny thing as well, because it was like, oh, that's what Jersey does to you and it, it puts you in that attitude. But at the same time, it, you don't want to see that type of stuff. I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald heard or saw about it, and I'm sure he wasn't exactly thrilled about it, but at least it didn't lead to anything uh, too severe and everything's okay now. But let's shift to talking about Sharon Govich's play. New Jersey's Sharon Govich opened the game scoring with his first tally of the tournament, though it would be in a losing effort as Belarus fell to the Czech Republic in overtime 3-2. Sharangovich scored on his only shot of the game while logging 15 minutes, 29 seconds of ice time and a plus one. Dominic Kubalik scored 83 seconds into overtime to help the Czech Republic improve to 0-1-0-2. And, and then Sharangovich added an assist in a 4-3 loss to Great Britain earlier today on Wednesday afternoon. And Belarus at the time of this recording has a record of one Oh, two and 1. So again, it's about halfway through the round robin, so there's still time to make up some ground, but you obviously can't afford to lose too many games, especially in regulation. You want to try to get as many points as possible, but it's good to see Sharon Govich making some contributions. Uh, When he scored that goal, he did the same celebration he always does, lifting one arm with the stick up in the air. I think that's pretty much become his trademark celebration, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of that next year, and it's good to see him you know, continuing to score goals and continuing to be productive throughout the whole year, whether it's when he was playing in the KHL to playing in the NHL to now playing overseas again, this time in the world championships. It's, it's really good. It's really good for his development. And it's something that we're all excited to see now. We've talked about Studenich before, but let's talk about what he's actually done. Studenich picked up three shots at a plus one in a winning effort for Slovakia, which improved their record to a perfect 3 0 0 in the tournament with a 3-1 victory against Russia, who are 2-0-0-1. Studenich also notched 12 minutes, 42 seconds of ice time, and Marek Hervik and Peter Solarik each picked up two assists for Slovakia, which handed Russia its first loss of the World Championships. Now, I also did hear in the previous game, not this one, but in the previous game, or it might actually have been the game against Russia, uh, Stunich, I think, blocked a shot and hurt his foot. uh, And he had trouble staying in the game. But then I remember he posted something, I think, on his Instagram or Twitter saying that he was fine and that everything is good. So, you know, look, we don't want to see these guys get hurt any more than they've already been hurt throughout the season. We just want to see them continue to progress. and, again. It's good to see student each uh, getting the opportunity to play, you know, nationally for his country and continue to play some hockey. Another guy who had an opportunity to play in the NHL this year, got himself his first NHL point. Um, He certainly has potential to be a guy that could really help us on the bottom six. And, you know, I'm certain he's certainly going to be somebody that's going to get a camp invite and really be given a good opportunity to try to make the Devils next season. So that's another guy to keep our eye on. And that pretty much, is our, I guess if you want to say, update on the Devils players in the World Championships, uh, this, th- at least for right now. And like I mentioned before, Team USA with Matt Tennyson and uh, Helixon will be playing Latvia on Thursday on NHL Network at 9.15 a.m. Eastern. And also, you have Switzerland playing Slovakia, Nico Hischer, Jonas Stigenthaler versus Marion Studenich. Also on Thursday at 9.15 a.m. Eastern. That game is obviously not going to be on NHL Network. I imagine you have to find some stream or something like that for that one. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's shift to the next part of our discussion here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Today, we are going to be continuing our potential free agent uh, outlook, you know, guys that I personally think would be good fits for the Devils. And again, like I've mentioned before, if you agree or disagree with any of these guys, or if there's somebody that I didn't mention that you think that would be a good fit for the Devils, let me know on Twitter at Devil State, also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. I would always love to hear what you guys have to say. I really do appreciate when you guys talk to me. I want to make this as much of a discussion between you guys and myself as possible. But, We are going to be talking about the left wing position today. And here's the thing. I usually like to keep it around three players, but there was just too many really, you know, guys that really stood out to me that I think would be really good for the Devils that I kind of went over the top. I'm not going to do that with every position, but there are going to be certain positions where I look at and they say, yeah, you know what? That actually might not be a bad idea. So I actually have five guys that we're going to be talking about. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I'm sure you guys will be raising some eyebrows or maybe rolling your eyes and saying, Oh, geez, Neil, you're really, uh, you're really going crazy here. And unlike what I did the last time, these guys are not in any particular order. Um, maybe except the first guy I'm going to mention, but other than that, these are just guys that I think are really good fits for this team and they fit the team for different reasons. And I'll explain why with each one of them. But let's start with the first guy, and he is probably the second most coveted, or maybe even third, but probably second most coveted left winger in the free agent market, and that is the current captain of the Colorado Avalanche left winger Gabriel Landeskog, who is 28 years of age. He will be 29 by mid-November of 2021, so he is approaching his 30s, so he's basically right now in the prime of his career. I think that's a good way to put it. In 2021, Landeskog had 20 goals, 32 assists for 52 points in 54 games played. In Landeskog's career, he has scored 218 goals, 294 assists for 512 points in 687 games played. And in his career in the postseason, he has scored 14 goals, tallied 26 assists for 40 points in 43 games played. Now. I have talked about Landis Scott before. Ladies and gentlemen, if he is on the open market, this is a guy that the Devils need to desperately get for different reasons. And I will go over them in just a minute. But before I do that, I wanted to read you guys uh, Landis Scott's current contract and also a little expert from the Bleacher Report article that was written back in the beginning of the year about Landis as is one of the most coveted free agents. I think he was ranked second or third on this list. Actually, I think he was ranked second behind um, Alexander Ovechkin. And no, we're not going to talk about Alexander Ovechkin because there was absolutely no way that A, he's going to reach free agency, and B, would he ever come to the Devils? Um, and I know you guys are going to say, well, why would Landis Skog want to go there? But let me get to that point first. I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment. But let me read to you a couple more things. So Right now, Landis Scott's current contract, he signed a seven-year, $39 million contract with the Colorado Avalanche, including $39 million guaranteed and an average annual salary of just a little over $5.5 million per year. In 2020-21, Landis Scott has earned a base salary of $6.5 million while carrying a cap hit of just over $5.5 million. And here's the, here's a couple paragraphs written about Landis Scott from Bleacher Report. Colorado Avalanche captain Gabriel Landeskog is one of the big factors behind his club's rise in the Stanley Cup contention over the past two years. The 28-year-old left winger is among the best in the league at his position. He's going to be paid as such following the season, either by the Avalanche or another NHL club. Landeskog's been a model of consistency through his 11 NHL seasons. With 16 goals in 41 games, he's on pace to reach 20 goals for the eighth time. And he pretty much ended up doing that, I believe, if I remember correct. Yes, he ended up he ended up doing that. He ended up doing that. So, eight different times in his career in eleven seasons, Landon to, to scored twenty or more goals, which is really really good. In case you didn't know that, his forty-one points also marked the eighth time he's exceeded the forty-point plateau. So here's the thing: forty-point plateau. Well, guess what? He just did it again because he had over fifty points this year. He had. He had 52 to be exact, as I repeat myself, the six foot one, 215 pounder also brings a physical edge to his game, which is something the Devils are lacking as well. So, there's another good asset that could be brought with a guy like him. The Avalanche have enjoyed Landis Scott's performance for a bargain price. He's completing a seven year, $39 million contract worth an. I- annual average value, as I just mentioned before, of just over $5.5 million. For what he brings to the team in terms of production, leadership, and physical play, it's going to cost them a lot more to keep their captain in Colorado. With $57.5 million committed to 11 players for the upcoming 2021-22 season, the Avalanche have sufficient cap space to re-sign to a significant raise between $7 million and $8 million annually on a long-term contract. However, they also must ensure that they have sufficient space to re-sign starting goaltender Philip Grubauer and defenseman Kale McCarr and fill out the remainder of the roster. Look, here's the thing. I do personally believe that Landeskog, just like how Alex Petrangelo did last year, is going to probably test the market. Because let's say that the Avalanche come to Landeskog and say, look, we can only give you, well, we only want to give you six and a half, maybe seven million dollars per year because we're trying to sign some of these other guys to long-term deals. And let's face it, Philip Grubauer, another unrestricted free agent who is going to cost a pretty penny, in my opinion. But looking at Landis Scott, he might look at it and say, well, let me just see what the rest of the market has to say and then I'll come back to you. And the Devils, with the huge amount of cap space that we have, over 36, 37 million dollars to be exact, the Devils could easily pay him eight to almost nine million dollars even with the salary cap being flat because that's just what it is right now again the only issue simply is this well there's maybe two honestly number 1 very much like Ovechkin why would he want to leave a Stanley Cup contender and that's what the Avalanche are I mean they're going into the second round of the playoffs waiting either Vegas or Minnesota why would you know why would he want to leave that to come to the Devils who are to be generous, maybe three, four years away from being a legit Stanley Cup contender in their own right is hard, is hard. Um, The other thing is simply that, will he actually get to the market? I think there's a chance. uh, And if there's a chance, I think the devil should throw a lot of money at him. Um, But again, this isn't one of those situations where Colorado is really screwed and they can't afford to keep him. The question is, as I just read to you guys, is simply that, will the Avalanche be willing to give him a lot of money and also be able to have enough money down the road to give it to Grubauer and Kale McCarr? I'm not saying they're going to lose Kale McCarr or anything like that right now, uh, but they certainly need to be giving themselves an opportunity to give him a substantial pay rise when his first big boy contract you know, comes up. Um, but again, this is one of those guys that's more of a, look, in my opinion, he's the top guy to go get. I know that Taylor Hall is there, but let's face it, folks. No, most of us don't want Taylor Hall. Number two, he's probably going to stay in Boston, regardless of what happens this year. And number three, that bridge has already been burned. Why would he come back to New Jersey? It's not going to help. It, he's not going to help us. The thing about Landis that is so intriguing is that he's a captain. He clearly has a tremendous amount of leadership. He is a very, very good point getter, a very good goal scorer, could certainly help us in that realm. And he's also not afraid to bang the body. He's very physical. And we lacked a lot of physicality throughout the year. So to me, almost in kind of a funny way, he has pretty much the perfect package for a top six left winger if you're trying to go get one, especially in free agency market. But again, it might be very difficult for Landis to take more money to go to a team like New Jersey where he's probably not going to, you know, be on a Stanley cup contender right away. He's not going to be on a Stanley cup contender right away, but he would certainly help us get a little, you know, speed up the process. Maybe a little bit more would certainly help us in the goal scoring and the development of guys like Jack Hughes and Nico, Hischier and players like that. So yeah, I absolutely would love. I want to he, again. If, Landis makes it to free agency and he's on the market. The devils need to do as much as they can to try to convince him to come here. If they do everything they can, they can't get him. I can't get mad at that because at least it shows that they're trying, but it's a shot in the dark. Who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll see how things change. We'll see what happens with the expansion drive because that might affect things. Who knows? We'll see what happens, but that's the first guy that uh, comes to my mind. Gabriel Landis of the Colorado avalanche. Then the next guy is just about a year older than Gabriel Landeskog and is somebody who was a fan favorite of the New Jersey Devils. And that is Blake Coleman. Yes, I'm mentioning Blake Coleman for several reasons, and I'll get to them in just a moment. Uh, in 2021, Blake Coleman had 14 goals, 17 assists for 31 points in 55 games played in his career. Coleman has scored 71 goals, tallied 55 assists for 126 points in 301 games played. And in his and in the playoffs in his career, he has eight goals, 10 assists, 18 points in 35 games played. And also the great honor of scoring the last goal that Doc Emmerich ever called as a broadcaster. So there you go. There's a little bit of a uh, little bit of trivia there for you guys. Let's look at Coleman's current contract, which actually he originally signed with the Devils. Coleman signed a three-year contract worth $5.4 million with the New Jersey Devils, including $5.4 million guaranteed, and an average annual salary of $1.8 million. In 2021, Coleman earned a base salary of $1.8 million, while carrying a cap hit of also $1.8 million. Blake Coleman really, really was a great acquisition by the Tampa Bay Lightning when they got him at the trade deadline. It seemed like a pretty hefty price considering that we got a first round pick and we also got Nolan Foot. and it will still take time to see how all of that plays out. But Coleman helped propel Tampa to finally get over the hump and win a Stanley Cup and he did really well on that third line with a couple of other really good young players and he continued to do well this year and is, a big, and is another one of the big reasons why Tampa is continuing to cruise right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs at the moment, at the time of this recording, basically. Blake Coleman has obviously some good history with the New Jersey Devils. Like I mentioned before, fan favorite, a guy who was phenomenal on the penalty kill, you know, creating shorthanded opportunities. It seemed like every game he was giving himself an opportunity to score shorthanded. He was really solid on the the power play. And look, he's certainly going to be looking for a pay rise from the $5.4 million that he got. I expect him on, when it comes to AAV, I would say roughly four million dollars. So if we go, let's let's say we give him a four-year contract for eight, twelve, you know, it's twelve million dollars for four years, which is obviously seven million dollars more than what he made in his last contract that he signed with the Devils. Again, the question right now for Coleman is simply: there, you know, what is he looking for? Is he looking to try to cash in on you know? where he's at the prime of his career, where he can make the most dollars? Is he looking more to try to stay on a cup contender like the Tampa Bay Lightning? And look, Tampa is going to have trouble keeping him anyway because of the fact that they have their $17 million over the cap, yet they're allowed to play right now with Nikita Kucherov. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's part of, it's part of the corruption that the NHL can have all the time, but you know, Coleman's going to be a pretty hot commodity on the market. The Devils wouldn't be the only team, but I think because Fitzgerald knows him and I think he knows what he could bring to the team and what he could do to help us, even as a young team, he could be one of those veteran leaders that we look to and it wouldn't hurt to necessarily bring him back. The question is, would he want to come back? Uh, If he's looking for the most money, the Devils could certainly just give him as much money as he wants, which I know would be ridiculous to give Blake Coleman anywhere from $5 Five six million dollars per year, which be kind of a overpayment would well, be a massive overpayment. Um, but again, I we know what we're getting. Just like I mentioned before earlier, when we were talking about right wings, and we mentioned Kyle Palmieri, we we know what we're getting with Blake Coleman. We know what we're getting, so it wouldn't necessarily be that much of an unknown signing, and we wouldn't be really sitting there saying, "Well, how is he going to blend in the team?" He knows a good majority of the guys on the team anyway, so I mean, it, it would work out nonetheless. So that's another guy. That I wanted to mention here. Blake Coleman, obviously, former New Jersey Devil, currently with the Lightning. He will be a free agent as well. Now, I'm going to talk about the next two guys to talk about are a little bit more on the veteran side. And what I mean by that is that they're basically 30 years or higher. And they're not the most, you know, show stopping free agent signings, but they come to, if they come to New Jersey, they come with a specific purpose of helping the rest of the team develop. The first guy, is left winger Thomas Tatar, who at the time of this recording is 30 years of age, currently playing for the Montreal Canadiens, and Game 5 might be the last time he plays with them because they're down three games to one, and he may not be back in Montreal for this year. But in 2021, Tatar had 10 goals, 20 assists for 30 points in 50 games. Very good, considering the Devils only had four players that had 30 or more points this year. He has scored 176 goals. Tally 201 assists for 377 points in 625 career games played. In his career in the playoffs, which is not a whole lot, but he has had some production six goals, six assists for 12 points in 39 games played. His current contract, he signed a four year, $21.2 million contract with the Detroit Red Wings, including a 2.125 million dollar signing bonus to 21.2 million dollars guaranteed and an average annual value salary of 5.3 million dollars in 2021 tatar has earned a base salary of 3.2 million dollars and a signing bonus of 1 million dollars while carrying a cap hit of 5.3 million dollars so with tatar here's the thing is he still relatively in the prime of his career you could say he's still in the Primus career, but leaning more towards where he's starting to maybe drop off a little bit. This year was somewhat of a solid year for Tatar. He's not always been the biggest goal scorer. He's a guy that is really good when it comes to playmaking. And I mean, from a standpoint of if you're looking for Tatar to be one of your top six wingers to help one of your young guys, I mean, it's, that may not necessarily, you know, be the type of signing that we're looking for, but again, Here's what I like about the veteran guy has been around the league for a while. He obviously doesn't have a boatload of playoff experience, but he, he's been on some really good teams. He's been on some teams that have once that have won, you know, been successful before and he knows what it takes to win. And we know that Tom Fitzgerald, he is certainly going to be looking for veteran guys to help these young kids along. And it's going to be a guy that probably is not going to cost you a boatload of money. Yes. He's making about, you know, $5.3 $5. $5. million right now, I'm not saying that the Devils have to give him exactly that. They could probably give him $4 million, maybe, maybe $3.5 million, because it might be more like they're paying him for the player that he is now as opposed to what he was maybe even two years ago. So, again, Tatar, not terribly old. He still probably has, if you want to be generous, five, six, seven years left of his career. This is a guy that you can have As a third line, hell, even if you want to test the waters, maybe a a top six on the second line left winger that could help one of those guys and just be another veteran voice in the locker room. He's been a good player. He's been a solid, you know, he's been a great character. A lot of people have said good things about him. And I think he would be another guy that would fit in from the veteran perspective. And a guy that could also, you know, if he's getting us, you know, he got 30 points in 50 games. So that projects to be... He was pushing like maybe 50, 55 points in a regular NHL season. And that's pretty good. I will take that. I will take a 55 to 60 point, you know, left winger who's either are on the top six on the second line or a third line guy, especially because we're probably going to be losing somebody from the bottom six once we have the expansion draft. Now, again, we must remember that there are also some prospects waiting in the wings that Tom Fitzgerald wants to see. So any of these guys, they might be difficult to get only because Tom Fitzgerald may not want to give them long-term deals because they have have young guys that they want to develop and have come up. And, you know, it might be difficult that way. But I think Tatar would be a really solid signing for, for the reasons that I just pointed out if the Devils were actually to go that route. Now, if you want to go even more of a veteran player that, again, to me personally, I don't think I think would cost less than what Tatar is making right now. That is left winger, Nick Foligno, who's 33 years of age right now playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He got traded at the deadline from Columbus to Toronto in 2021. He had seven goals, 13 assists for 20 points in 49 games played. I guess you would say relatively was a down year for him in 957 career games played. So he's pretty close to reaching a thousand himself. He has, 203 goals, 283 assists for 486 points. So he's pretty close to reaching 500 points in his career, which is a great accomplishment in itself. In his career, in the postseason, he has scored nine goals, 14 assists for 23 points in 53 games played. And most of that playoffs has been with the Columbus Blue Jackets over the last couple of years. But he was the captain of Columbus for several years, another big-time leadership guy, somebody that could come in and really just help this team moving forward. And look, I'm not trying to project into the future, but let's say the Toronto Maple Leafs finally break their curse and win the Stanley Cup this year, right? Felino, here's the thing, he might be a little bit too pricey for Toronto, knowing how much money they have invested in just a couple of players on their roster. Um, and it might be a situation where F- Foligno is just looking to try to go somewhere where he could play a decent amount of minutes. And because he won a Stanley Cup, he might be like, hey, why not? The other thing is that he may want to go back to Columbus. The question is, would Columbus want to bring him back? I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but we'll see. But if the Devils have an opportunity to talk to him, it would be good. Uh, We know his father actually was a coach with the Devils for for quite some time when Pete DeBoer was here. So there is a little bit of that double connection, so to speak. At the time, well, not at the time of this recording, but uh, talking about Foligno's current contract, he signed a six-year, $33 million contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He had $33 million guaranteed, an AAV of $5.5 million, and in 2021, he earned a base salary of $5.5 million while carrying a cap hit of $5.5 million. So the question is, if the Devils were to sign a guy like Nick Foligno, what exactly would we be getting? Well, he's 33 years of age, going on 34 He's not somebody that would be here long term. I'd say probably two to three years, which I think is a reasonable contract for a guy his age and his, his productivity. And again, the main reason that he would be signed here is as a veteran guy. We obviously have our captain right now, Nico Heischer, but he does need some veteran guys around him that could help. And if you bring in a guy like Foligno or you bring in a guy like Gabriel Landeskog, both of them who are... Either former captains or are a captain right now, that goes a long way when it comes to helping that helping Nico grow into the leader that he needs to be. And they could give him advice, they could help him in the locker room as a voice and everything like that. And I think Feligno would be actually a very solid signing. I would I am actually. To me, this actually seems like one of the more reasonable ones that I think that there's a good shot that the Devils could actually go after him and actually sign him, because again, it's a two-three year deal where you're not necessarily stunting the growth of any of your young left wing players that you have right now. So I mean, it's it works out that way. And again, is he somebody that down the road we could use as a trade piece? Yes, we know that we know the Devils have done that in the past, um, but he's a guy that I really would push the devils to go sign when it comes to a veteran guy. Um, and he'll probably have a, he will probably have a couple suitors. I'm sure Columbus will try to bring him back. Um, but there's, they're looking at a different uh, left winger right now that they're going to try to uh, sign to a big contract. So we'll see what happens with that. But again, Nick Foligno, I think would be a really good signing for a guy that is a good veteran piece and also could be a solid third line left winger checking type of guy, physical body that could help us, You know, grow as a team, have a little bit more physicality, which is something that we really, really need to improve on. Now, the last guy, and the guy that is the biggest shot in the dark, because he's a restricted free agent. This is this is interesting here. He is a restricted free agent. I think some of you know where I'm going with this, but he's RFA. He's 23 years of age, currently playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is left winger Patrick Laine. Now, please don't click off. Please don't tune me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I understand that line A has what you would call an attitude problem. I understand that we'd have to give up a pretty decent amount to get to sign him to an offer sheet and have him come here because when you're an RFA, it's not simply somebody offers you a contract. Another team offers you a contract, you sign it. And that's that. Oh no, because the blue jackets own his rights, the Blue Jackets are entitled to compensation for allowing line A to accept the contract from the devils to come here. Now we know in the past line A has been, you know, in trade talks with the devils. Like he's been in trade rumors with involving the devils two years ago. It was trade rumors when he was trying to get out of, out of Winnipeg this past year before the season started again, the devils were brought up and I think it was. It's just going to be tougher because he's an RFA, and Fitzgerald just doesn't want to give up assets for for a guy like that. And to try to convince him to come to a a, te- a Devils team that again is two or three years away from being really legit playoff and eventual Stanley Cup contenders, it just might be difficult. But Lyon is looking for that eight, nine, possibly ten million dollar AAV, uh, a guy that basically looks, He's all scoring. That's all he does. He's not very good defensively. He's not the world's greatest playmaker, but this guy has a nose for the goal. Something that we have lacked in years past. A guy who legitimately could score 35 to 40 goals. The closest guy we had the last couple of years is Kyle Palmieri. And I know Taylor Hall as well, but not to the extent that Kyle Palmieri has done it. But if you get, and also, Liney fits the whole, you know, youth group. He's 23, and there's some other guys on this team that are younger than he is. So he would still be one of the older guys, so to speak. And he would certainly be our top left winger. I mean, he would be a guy that we would be, you know, always looking to, to try to score on the power play and everything like that. And when you talk about a guy that could put the puck in the back of the net, when we talk about trying to help Jack Hughes and Nico develop, I think Patrick Laney could be that way. But again, I understand the attitude issue is something of a concern, and the amount of assets that we could probably have to give up to even get him because he's an RFA just make it most unlikely that we even get a shot at trying to get him. But crazier things have happened before. But let's talk about Line A really quick: 12 goals, 12 assists in 24 games played in or 24 points, excuse me, in 46 games played in 2021. He has 150 goals, under 21 assists. For 271 points and 351 games played so far in his young career, eight goals, eight assists for 16 points and 24 games played in his career in the postseason. So he actually has more playoff experience than pretty much almost the entire roster of the Devils, and he's 23 years of age. So that tells you a lot. But let's talk about Liony's current contract at the moment. Two years ago, he signed a two year, $13.5 million contract with the Winnipeg Jets, including $13.5 million guaranteed and an average annual value of $6.75 million. In 2021, Line earned a base salary of $7.5 million while carrying a cap hit of $7.75 million. So, obviously, when Line signed this contract, we all knew it was a bridge deal. We knew that he was looking for a big time deal. And he pretty much wanted out of Winnipeg and he got at least one of them by being traded to Columbus. He never seemed to enjoy playing for John Tortorella. Then again, most people don't. Um, And we know that the blue jackets general manager has spoken outwardly a lot about, we are going to do everything we can to keep lining. We're going to go out and try to get him a centerman that could really, he could really gel with, and they could have a lot of success with and go from there. So obviously the Blue Jackets hold all the cards. I mean, they could certainly trade his rights to somebody and then go from there. Um, that's a that's a that's a way that the Devils could get involved. But again, if the asking price is too much, Tom Fitzgerald's not going to just give up, you know, so much for a guy that look he could, he will certainly help us go scoring wise, but it, but could also make it difficult for us as we continue to try to rebuild. So. I would love Patrick Laine because I know the type of goal scoring he could be. And I understand the attitude thing is somewhat of a concerning thing. No question about it. But it again, guys, it, it seems most unlikely. I think both Laine and Landis Gog are long shots. The other guys that I mentioned, I think are more realistic. But again, we don't know what the devil's plans are. We don't know what their outlook is. We don't know anything. I am just giving you guys potential guys out there that intrigue me the most and we'll go from there. So again, if you agree or disagree with any of the guys that I mentioned, let me know on Twitter at Devil State on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. If, if I missed anybody, if you guys think that there's there's somebody else I didn't mention, let me know. I would love to hear from you guys. And you know, look, we're going to continue this. Uh, we've done right wing, center, and left wing. And next episode, we'll be talking about the defensive side, and probably we're going to start with the left side, but. We'll see what happens when we get there. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is my potential left-wing free agent targets. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y Hockey P-O-D, pod, N-E-T, net. You want to listen to more of my voice? Go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the MoFobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You could stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also MoFobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So, from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions—you know, where you know anything we could think of—it's in this book. So, this is really for the Jets fan. So, if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently, is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town." This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books, are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Vel Piano and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!